A consistent heavy snowfall continues to coat the road and surrounding forest and the rocky hills. The snowdrifts are high and show no sign of melting. Pine boughs hang heavy under the relentless falling of the snow. A full moon shines overhead, creating false shadows with every gust of wind. In the distance, headlights appear as the wind rustles the tree branches that look ready to break. Alec and Karen, a young and attractive couple, look out into the howling blizzard. Karen exudes panic while Alec maintains a forceful but confident grip on the steering wheel. The road looks impassable as the SUV drives on. Alec, you need to slow down. These roads are awful. You're overreacting. This isn't any worse than driving in a Cleveland snowstorm. But this is Maine. You don't know this road. There's no one around to help us if anything happens. We're fine. This is a 2016 Range Rover. It was made for this kind of thing. Besides, we all have our camping gear in the back and I have full cell service. We're an hour out from Moosehead Lake. We can't be more than 30 minutes out from the nearest town. Act like we've done this 30 times before. Because we have. You don't even know where we are! The GPS hasn't gotten a signal since we left. Doesn't look like anyone has driven on this road in days. Snow falls harder now. The wind has picked up, but the moon overhead is steadily being shrouded in cloud cover. One shadow in the road isn't moving with the wind. You're being so ridiculous right now. You said it yourself. There's no one else around and this thing handles like a champ in this weather. What the fuck? The SUV swerves at the sight of a shadow in the middle of the road, first running up one snow-covered hill on the right, then swerving across the road, clipping a snow-encased tree on the left, sending the SUV on its side, sliding 15 feet to a halt in the woods, with the passenger's side against the ground. Their belongings are scattered around the immediate woods, moaning and fumbling around inside the vehicle. The windows are blown out. The engine is stopped and the SUV is powered off, but the wind outside continues to roar. The occupants are shaken, but not physically harmed. Mark! Sweetie, are you okay? Karen! Jesus, my fucking head! You're a fucking asshole! What the hell was that? Looked like some kind of animal. I don't want to hit a fucking moose out here. Jesus, my fucking car! Fuck! Alec, what was that? Did you hit it? Oh, God, my head! I don't think so. I don't see anything. Are you okay? Can you get out? Alec and Karen clumsily climb out of the driver's side window, with Alec helping Karen out into the ground. They survey the damage and glance back to the shadowy road. The wind continues to howl through the trees around them. Alec, there's something on the road. What? What is it? The couple slowly move towards the shape on the road until they get within the moonlight, snow still beating down overhead. Fuck, Alec, it's a person! There's no way. Not out here. That thing was way too big to be a person. What the hell would someone be doing walking down around here? Alec and Karen approach the shape on the road. It's a large figure, about 6'5 and well-built. The body is dressed in all black. And they get within a few feet, 
They see the body is mangled and covered in blood. Karen screams. <gasps> fuck, fuck, fuck! What the fuck was he doing out here? Fuck, I don't know, Alec. But he doesn't look good. He, he's twitching. Get your phone, call for help. We need to at least get him off the road. What if some other idiot comes by? He's hurt too badly. You aren't supposed to move someone this bad. You can make it worse. Just go. Alec rushes back to the SUV and climbs in, rustling around inside searching for his cell phone. It's not in here. Must have gone flying with everything else. The lantern is smashed. God damn it. Help me look. Alec and Karen use what little moonlight is left to search for the phone. After shuffling around on the ground for a few minutes, Karen finds the phone smashed to pieces. Alec! Fuck, it's broken! What do we do? Ah, oh, this can't be happening. This can't be fucking happening. What do we do? I don't know. I'm freezing. We need to start a fire. Get him closer to it. Start looking for whatever gear we can find and get it going. We can't freeze out here. Karen, look. Off in the distance through the woods, Alec points out a very dim light. Possibly a fire or a lantern. Oh, thank God. We need to go. They have to be able to help. Karen, wait. We don't know where we are or what that is. Quit being such a dick. That guy needs help. We have to at least try and hope no one else comes flying down that road. The snowfall makes the woods barely passable with no discernible path. The only glow of light comes from the moon shining through viciously blowing branches. The slight clearing where the car flipped into the woods and the soft glow through a window deep in the woods. Alec and Karen are struggling with footing as they walk, trying to maintain as direct a path as possible between the car and the light. God, this is worse than I thought. The snow just won't let up. The trees are getting thicker. We've done this plenty of times, just not here. We have to keep going. Just think about that poor guy back there. We have to do what we can to help him, Alec. We have to at least try. I am thinking about him. I'm also thinking about how my future as a lawyer is fully fucked. Why the hell was someone out in this weather? At this time of night, anyway. Doesn't make any sense. We'll figure that out later. For now, we just need to get to a phone. Or at least some people. Alec and Karen continue to trudge through seemingly endless amounts of backcountry powder towards the light in the distance. The snow continues to fall heavily, and the wind continues to howl. Pine branches creak and moan at the weight they are supporting, dropping their mass around them, adding to the depth of the snow. Do you see that? Looks like a cabin! There has to be someone there. It's probably that guy's place. I think the best we can hope for is some shelter from this shit, maybe a phone. I don't want to sound morbid, but he's not going to make it. At least we can get out of this mess and get some shelter. Figure out what to do from here. It's late. 
There has to be more people that travel that road. They'll see what happened. It's late now. Probably not until morning, but someone will be by eventually, right? I mean, they'll, they'll have to see what happened and call the cops. I mean, it was an accident, right? No one in the right mind will be walking down the middle of a dark, snow-covered road at 2 a.m. Karen is becoming increasingly annoyed with Alec, but as they travel through the woods, she begins to see the gravity of being caught out in the middle of a blizzard. We're only, like, a hundred yards away, but I can't see the car anymore. This goddamn snow is getting so bad. We're getting closer. We've been gone for more or less a straight line from the car. We gone too far to try to turn around. Plus, what would we even go back to? We'd have to get all the way back. Hope we can find our gear, start a fire, set up shelter. In this weather, that could take hours. We don't have that kind of time to waste. Even if that light is a candle on a windowsill, we know it's some kind of shelter. We have to keep moving. We need to pick up the pace. They arrive at the old weathered cabin. A battered wooden door creaks as the wind and snow push against it. It blows open partially, but never more than an inch. Something is stopping the door from inside, from blowing completely open. Alec, stop. I don't, I don't have a good feeling about this. Of course you don't. I don't either. It's the middle of the night in a snowstorm. In the middle of the woods of who the fuck knows where. Seriously, I think I just saw someone move it there. Isn't that what we're hoping for? We need help. This is our best chance. We're almost there. You can tell it's a candle in the window by the way the light's moving. Someone had to have lit it recently. They've gotta still be around. The wind slows to no more than a breeze. Whatever was stopping the cabin door from inside is no longer there. The door creaks to a resting position, a foot more open than when the wind was pushing against it. Karen and Alec approach it hesitantly. Karen pushes the door open slowly, letting what little light inside penetrate the darkness on the porch. Alec moves forward, pushing the door wide open and rushing his way in. The door groans, as if not being moved with that much force in years. Inside the cabin, the air is stale. The large living room is mostly dark, with the exception of the faint glow a candle in the window gives off. The window is the only one in the main room, making visibility difficult. <sighs> Hello? Is anyone home? We need help. Someone's been hurt. Neither Alec nor Karen's eyes will adjust to the dimly lit room. Is anyone here? Silence in the cabin as Alec and Karen stay still, listening for any sounds of life. Whew, I think we're screwed. This is probably that guy's place. Can you see anything at all? No. Grab the candle. We have to look for a phone. He's gotta have a phone, right? Alex slowly moves across the room with his arms reached out in front of him so as not to run into anything. 
He finally reaches the candle and grabs it. He slowly turns, holding the candle out in front of him trying to survey the layout of the room. His eyes slowly move from one corner of the room to the front door, dimly showing silhouettes of a couch, chairs, cots, a table, and the fireplace and storage trunks. It looks abandoned in here. It looked a lot bigger than this from the outside. I think all the doors are closed or something. Karen slowly moves across the room toward Alex until she is behind him. She nudges him a bit from behind. Suddenly the wind picks up again outside, slamming the cabin door shut. They both jump. Shit! It was the wind starting up again. We need to check the rooms. There has to be some way of getting a hold of someone. Alec and Karen slowly move across the room towards a closed door. Alec with the candle held in front of him to attempt to illuminate the room. The front door continues to shake against its frame in the wind. Alec grabs the handle to the door nearest him and stops in his tracks. Karen stops with him. What is it, Alec? Do you feel that? Feels like something else is here. Like something is moving. Karen grips Alec's arm tightly. I just did. The wind rages outside. The front door slowly begins to creak open, seemingly unaffected by the elements outside. The door comes to a sudden halt. A shadowy figure stands in it. Nothing but a silhouette in the moonlight. Alec and Karen stand petrified, staring at it. The candle begins to shake in Alec's hand. The figure slowly moves towards them, hovering an inch over the ground. When it reaches the edge of the candle's light, an unsettling realization sinks into the couple. It is the shadowy figure they thought they had hit with their car. Son, you said you prefer something a little younger for tonight. Correct? Alec drops the candle, and it rolls onto the ground. A second figure begins to emerge from a far dark corner of the room. The candle rolls to a stop a few feet away from Alec and Karen. They stand frozen, staring at the face of the man they thought they had hit with their car. A fierce wind picks up, slamming the front door shut. The shadowy figure stares back at them, beginning to smile. As the flame from the candle burns out, the last thing the couple see are razor-sharp teeth in the man's mouth.